0: This is an amazing facility with all the resources you could possibly want, and there's no faster way to do it than to do it yourself when you actually have the tools available. You know, my materials cost
1: here was probably $200, and you know, a fair amount of my own time learning how to use the equipment here and taking advantage of the people here who knew how to do it much better
2: than I did and were willing to teach me. This has allowed me to do a far better, far cheaper um, own design of a rocket that, frankly,
3: it's going to the moon. Behind me here is a very unassuming light industrial building in a very unassuming light industrial park located in the city of Menlo Park, California. This is the heart of Silicon Valley. But what's going on inside here has nothing to do with the electronics industry or writing software and yet the people inside are working on some of the most wild ideas that they've dreamed up. This is Tech Shop, and one day there could even be one of these places near you. Thanks for calling
4: TechShop,
2: this is Pat.
3: Inside TechShop is all kinds of manufacturing equipment. There are CNC machines, welding equipment, laser cutting tools, drills, presses, rapid prototyping machines, and a whole lot more. In fact, there's just about everything you'd need to make just about anything you could imagine, and I do mean anything. That's because Tech Shop is open to anyone who wants to use it. It's kind of like joining a health club. You pay a monthly or annual membership fee, and you get total access to any of the equipment inside the building.
2: When you sign up for, for TechShop and you, you get access to all the tools and everything at disposal, anything that you would need to make, Anything you want, we have. Okay, I'm also interested in classes, Classes, like welding and machine. We've got all classes, uh, mandatory classes, so you could have a mid-class, TIG class, TIG welding, oxyacetylene. All classes are about two to three hours long, maybe four to six people per
3: class, and it's all hands-on. You don't know how to run a CNC machine? No problem. Tech Shop will teach you how to run and operate everything that it has. Better still, the prices for the classes are very reasonable. Tech Shop is the brainchild of Jim Newton. Just four years ago, he envisioned creating an inexpensive sanctuary for entrepreneurs, artists, and inventors of all types. Today, that dream is a reality, just off Highway 101 near San Jose, California. That's the site of the original Tech Shop location. I say original because Mr. Newton believes that his one-time local idea has matured into a nationwide need. Our goal for TechShop is to open hundreds of these things across the country so that anyone that
4: has an idea now has an outlet that they can use to actually make
3: make their ideas into reality. While Silicon Valley is famous for entrepreneurs working out of their garage or basement who developed personal computers and the software needed to run them, TechShop is aimed at those who need more than just a soldering gun or programming skills. It's aimed at those who want to manufacture something working with all kinds of different materials and who may have to weld, saw, mill, mold, or perform a host of other activities that can require expensive machinery. That can be a roadblock for most people who either cannot afford to buy equipment like that or who simply cannot get access to it or who don't know how to use it. But it isn't all about heavy machinery. Tech Shop also offers classes in embroidering, silk screening, and even how to make glass beads. The idea is to have a place where dreamers of all ages can come in and make just about anything they can think of. Even tabletop robots.
2: It needs to get within range of that of that uh. I think it'd
3: be a lot more accurate well, if, no, uh, It'd be a lot more accurate. Yay. <laughs> Yay. But there's a bigger goal behind this effort. The idea is to unleash American creativity, encourage an entrepreneurial spirit, and start up a bunch of startups to start creating jobs.
4: The largest untapped resource on the planet is um, the creative class, and in North America there are 40 million of them. And in Detroit, I don't know what number it is, but it's very high. And if we can get those creative people working on our biggest problems, including unemployment, I think that's where the solutions are gonna come from. They're gonna come from places like this, grassroots opportunities that give people access to the tools, resources, information, and community they need to build their dreams. And when we give them access to that, then the, the, uh, the sky's the limit.
3: Like I said, becoming a member of TechShop is similar to joining a health club, you can either pay by the month or buy an annual membership for $1,200. Both allow you to bring in guests or family members for a modest fee. Plus, there are even specialty memberships for students and corporations as well. Your TechShop card gives you access to all of the equipment in the building. Plus, you can take classes that typically cost anywhere from $45 to $90 which will teach you the skills needed to use that equipment. Take this aluminum sand casting class, for instance. In this case, you have great one-on-one interaction with an instructor teaching a student how to cast objects out of molten aluminum. As you'd expect, a lot of the projects at TechShop can be pretty simple and straightforward, but others are literally out of this world. Meet William Baird, a space enthusiast who's working on a lunar lander. You heard me right, a lunar lander. He wants to compete in the Lunar X Prize sponsored by Google which is an international competition to land a robot on the surface of the moon, travel 500 meters over the moon's surface, and send images and data back to the Earth. First prize is $20 million. For William Baird, this is a boyhood dream come true. When the Google Internet X Prize came out, um, I
2: just knew I had to do it. I mean, how could you not? I mean, here you are, you're going to put something on the moon I mean, not just anywhere, this is stuff that, that as kids, people talked about, you know, they'd walked on the moon. Well, I'm going to put something myself on the moon. So, and the thing is that you're not just putting something on the moon and it's there and it's gone like in the next day, you're going to be leaving it there forever. It will last there past the time when the pyramids will be gone and past the time that the continents will have formed and changed and everything else. Um, all the way up, potentially, until the sun becomes um, a super giant, a red supergiant and consumes the world. So, um, as I told the X-Prize people when they asked me about it, it's, it's past the last breath of the last human on the world that this will be there.
3: Of course, saying that you want to land something on the moon and going out and building a lunar lander are two different things. William Baird quickly ran up against the reality of what his boyhood dream was going to cost him. And Then I went to a professional machinist. I said,
2: how much for the Beast, or the Wind at Dawn is his official name, but we've been nicknaming it the Beast, how much would it cost to do? And they said for the custom parts, for the aluminum alone, would be 150 k And I was just aghast. I mean, I don't, I'm, don't get me wrong, I have a decent paying job. But $150,000 is not something I could just throw at a fun project.
3: William Barrett was dejected. He thought he'd never be able to live out his boyhood dream of being able to make a lunar lander. But then he heard about Tech Shop. In the spring
2: of, of 2009, a friend of mine said, You know what? There's this, this machine shop down in the South Bay um, that is kind of like a health club you come and you can you take classes and then you're allowed to use all these machines and you can cut and weld and everything else and i came down here and i was able to do it with obviously with the help of our sponsors but for at most i mean the total i've spent since then has been um 20 to 30k which is within a doable period over two years for a a person with a a
3: family Even if his lunar lander doesn't work, or even if it doesn't win the X Prize, William may have already come up with something of a breakthrough. As part of his work on the lunar lander, he's developed a new type of composite, a carbon composite. It's lighter than aluminum, but stronger. And the most impressive part is that it can stand up to the extremely low temperatures of outer space, something that's not possible with other types of carbon composites. When we realized the exact costs and everything else
2: of putting um, the stuff into orbit, we started looking at doing composites and whatnot because they're much lighter and much stronger. When well, we come up with a new composite that's extremely strong, that's extremely light, uh, the wind at dawn back there is uh, 220 pounds is its dry weight. Okay, I should say weight since it's pounds. pound. Um, and it, the 220 pounds is uh, Extremely expensive to put into orbit. Okay, um, it's right now it's between ten and twenty thousand dollars a pound, and um, if just list price type thing, it, they, the general ballpark number that quote, it's actually millions of dollars to put that up there, um, because we're piggybacking on someone else's ride, or if we're pa- outright paying for a ride to the moon, Elon Musk has quoted uh, forty-five million dollars if we want a straight shot. So um, if we hope to, and so that necessitated us doing the, the piggyback. And to do that we need to fit within certain weight parameters, and this is too heavy. So we went back and looked at how can we to reduce our weight in order to get up there. Um, and we developed a carbon composite that, we, that is uh, cryogenically compatible, meaning it can go down to liquid oxygen, liquid. we're hoping to test against liquid helium here shortly, um, and uh, it goes through without falling apart, and it remains stronger, and it's, for the same strength it's one-seventh
3: the weight of aluminum. While Will Barrett is shooting for the stars, other members at Tech Shop are working on projects that are grounded here on Earth. This is Jonathan Thorne, one of the engineers who developed the Lightning, a battery-powered electric motorcycle. While most electric cars and motorcycles have an environmentally friendly but somewhat mundane character about them, the Lightning? Is part of a movement that shatters preconceived conceptions of what this technology can offer.
0: Instead of going the, the practical and economical route, they're going the fast and we're going to win competitions route. So, with the uh, instigation of the TTXGP race circuits, Lightning motorcycles has blown their way up to the top. We're dominating all the competition right now. We are currently North American 2010 TTX GP champions, looking at world champions uh, coming up here. So later this year we're going to have uh, the move-in and take on the the European race circuit and see if they have anything they can even come close to the Lightning bike that we produced. And that project is uh, a lot of fun. (laughs)
3: After winning the TTX GP North American Championship, they took the Lightning to the Bonneville Salt Flats and set a record for production electric motorcycles, tripping the timing lights at 176 miles an hour. And of course, a lot of the development work on the bike was done at Tech Shop.
0: CAD work is my, my primary function, and uh, to build prototype parts because I have a lot of experience with the machining and whatnot. So I'm linked with TechShop and every time either one of these groups says we need something, we need it quick, I come in here and build those parts and take it back because this is an amazing facility with all the resources you could possibly want and there's no faster way to do it than to do it yourself when you actually have the tools available.
3: Of course, not everyone at TechShop is trying to launch lunar landers into outer space or blast electric motorcycles around racetracks at breakneck speeds. Others are working on more down-to-earth projects. In fact, in the case of Jason and Raj, you might even call them historical. They joined TechShop to create their own version of classic 16th century samurai armor.
1: It kept getting better and better at it, and uh, and you'd find improved designs, of course, every
2: you know, every 50 years or so. And now you can just pull it off the internet
3: on the computers and then just print out the pattern and just cut it and drill it and and put it together. Well, the plans may be available on the internet, but from all the pounding, sanding, and riveting it's taken so far, this was a perfect, tech shop type project. And we found others inside the tech shop walls as well that are just as innovative and important. Meet Michael Pinio. I call him the diamond man. He's been working here figuring out ways to make low-cost, industrial-grade diamonds. And he's come up with a diamond vacuum deposition machine that could revolutionize how these things are made. This is a uh,
1: microwave-powered chemical vapor deposition chamber, um, which I designed and built here at Tech Shop to grow synthetic diamonds. And fundamentally, I mean, if you think of this as a super powered microwave oven, you would not be terribly far from wrong. You feed in hydrogen, you feed in a carbon source. In my case, it's barbecue level propane. I mean, that's literally what I use is a five gallon uh, pressurized propane bottle. Um, and 2,000 watts of microwaves from each end. Uh, those microwaves ionize the gases, they create what's called a plasma, which is you know, similar to what we've got in the fluorescent lights here. Plasma's everywhere there. And if you work a bunch of things right, then you create the chemical conditions that are necessary to turn the carbon and the propane into synthetic diamond films
3: or synthetic diamond crystals. And that's what this does. Okay, you may be wondering, this is all fine and good, but to what purpose? Why would anyone spend so much time and effort trying to develop little machines to make synthetic diamonds?
1: So the diamond films have a lot of industrial uses, Um, very thin diamond films. Uh, If you think of coatings on cutting tools, like drills and whatnot, the drills last a lot longer when they're uh, used on very aggressive materials, like some of the modern composites Um, in aircraft, graphite composites, Kevlar composites, kind of thing you find on the Boeing 767, those sorts of things they go through ordinary drills just like that. You're lucky if you get one hole per drill. Diamond coated drills, typically 50 to 100 holes per drill. So thin diamond films for cutting tools, one example. Thicker diamond films, because of the high thermal conductivity, you can put electrical devices, electronics like microprocessor chips or high powered laser diodes on a diamond slab, get the heat out of the device and run If it's a microprocessor, you can run it much faster. If it's a laser diode, you can get a lot more light out of it without burning it out. And that takes advantage of the thermal conductivity.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Industrial diamonds are interesting to people who are into those sort of things. But if you're like me, we want to know if this little machine can make the real thing, like the kinds of diamonds that go on diamond rings. The aesthetic
1: uses are kind of interesting because this technology also can make big single crystal gem quality diamonds and that's kind of what's drawing my interest at this point.
3: What all the people at Tet Shop will tell you is they love coming here, not just because it gives them all kinds of access to really cool equipment, but because they're surrounded by inventors, artists, and entrepreneurs like themselves. Thanks to the big bullpen kind of layout in the main work area, they all get to see what other people are working on and talk to them about their ideas. Inevitably, They make suggestions or share ideas on their own, and this is where the magic starts to happen. This cross-pollinization of ideas and information leads to even more creativity and more invention. It literally becomes a process that feeds upon itself.
0: Oh, I think it's the wave of the future. (laughs) Absolutely, because in here you, you walk around, you'll see people working on the most amazing projects that they wouldn't have the means to push these projects forward on their own and you you need these innovative creative individuals you need to be able to give them the resources to take their dream and make it a reality because if you wait for a large company to try to come up with solutions to all these problems there's a good chance it will never happen because in order for a company to invest all the time and all of their Uh, human resources and fundraising efforts into making a project happen, they need to have clear evidence that there's this huge profit margins available in order to fund this enormous staff. With a facility like this, you don't need nearly the budget to make a project happen, because it's just the designer and his passion, and you're not having to support the human resources and the marketing team and the sales team uh... in addition to the engineering team to get the product developed so here they actually have the means to make the project and then someone can say you know that's a great project (laughs) let's actually mass-produce it and uh, not just in the economical sense there's a lot of stuff in here that's awesome just because it's awesome in and of itself you don't need to be doing everything for a profit (laughs) so i I love being around this group uh, the the mentality here the uh... the helpfulness Uh, you can stop anyone in the building and they will help you with whatever you're working
2: on. Let's see if we can dig up a place to do some industrial sandblasting, Maybe even an auto shop that could do it right quick and then see if they can get it off.
3: Even more than the help you'll get from the members here, TechShop offers counseling and coaching for entrepreneurs to assist turning their ideas into patents, their patents into products, and their products into startup companies. You can rent office space here if you need it, and in fact, there are already new startups operating out of this building. This is a pretty cool place to hang out. There's free Wi-Fi available that provides you with high-speed internet access. There's a kitchen area with a fridge and microwave so you can bring in and heat up your own meals. Freshly brewed coffee and freshly popped popcorn are available for free. Not surprisingly, tech shop is open from 10 in the morning until midnight and every night they have to kick people out of the building. The members who are here absolutely love the place. You know, because this tech
1: shop is a resource that has saved me an incredible amount of time and money. It's made it possible for me to do this on a bootstrap basis without having to go out to venture firms to raise money. I'll give you an example. Um, So in my, I've had two prior uh, companies based on uh, synthetic diamond, and to build this sort of chamber um, would have cost me on the order of $100,000 in design and outside uh, machinist time, uh, that sort of thing. Um, Here at Tech Shop, you know, my materials cost here was probably $200 and, you know, a fair amount of my own time learning how to use the equipment here and taking advantage of the people here who knew how to do it much better than I did and were willing to teach me. So I was able to go through version one, which didn't work very well at all to version two, which works absolutely beautifully. And what I'm doing right now, actually, is designing version three, which will be much simpler than this, and I'm turning it into a product to sell. Uh, so that's why I'm here today with this particular device, is because I'm doing some designs to simplify this guy. So it can be made quite cheaply and readily by outside machine shops and put together and run by somebody who, <coughs> who, who doesn't have 25 years worth of experience in doing it.
3: As we already noted, the idea here is to turn TechShop into something of a franchise, to have literally hundreds of tech shops all across the country. Of course, that's going to take some time to put in place. Right now, there are tech shops here in Menlo Park, one in Raleigh, North Carolina, and new ones opening up in San Francisco and San Jose in California. But then, next on the list, TechShop is coming to Detroit.
4: That was a, you know, it was a direct result of a, of a couple of things. One, um, you know, we got written up in the New York Times and Wired Magazine did a really nice little spread on us. And so that gave us some visibility. And uh, Bill Coglin at um, Ford, who runs their IP practice, and he's the CEO of one of their divisions, um, read about it and had been thinking about how to do an innovation licensing type of a center uh, in Detroit for the big three, you know, as well as obviously all the engineers in the area, saw the article and a bulb went off and said, this is what I've got to do. And a couple of weeks later, he gave us a ring and we started an early conversation. I mean, anytime somebody says I'm from Ford, (laughs) you you return the call. Um, And he's very excited about having the Innovation Center in uh, in Dearborn. So Jim and I flew out. you know, about a month ago or so, this happened actually very quickly um, after the initial phone call. Uh, we saw the location that he was talking about, saw his operation, what he was trying to do. We'd been thinking about Detroit for over a year. we have been out and, and met with some universities, and Detroit needs this. I mean, it's, you know, forget a lot of mechanical engineers in the area, a lot of automotive folks, a lot of creative people, plenty of unemployment. So there's a huge opportunity for people to be able to put their hands and skills to work. Um, So he came along and said, you know, offered us a deal we couldn't refuse, as they they like to say. And um, So we did an LOI and we're on our way. We're we're planning to get on Detroit as soon as we can get there.
3: Tech Shop is moving into a building that's right in Ford's backyard, located by Rotunda Road and the Southfield Expressway. My guess is, this place will be a great success. There are so many people in the Detroit area who already have the skills to run all this equipment. No doubt many of them would love to put their skills to work working on things that matter most to them and no doubt many others will welcome the opportunity to learn how to make things with their own hands. We're hoping to spin out
2: uh, rockets and whatnot. Um, we have some actually people want, who are talking to us about buying them. We actually have some customers for them now.
3: The enthusiasm and camaraderie of this place is undeniable. It's an incubator of ideas, a hotbed of creativity, the kind of place that's going to attract a lot of people to join in.
1: When you look at all of the machines that I've had to use to do this and the skills that I've had to learn from other people to do this, I I couldn't have done it if TechShop weren't here. It's that simple. TechShop made this possible. And actually, ditto for some of the other things that I'm working on as well. This is, this is a great place.
3: Historically, anyone who came up with a new idea and wanted to develop new technology had to do it either through a university research lab or a corporate research lab or have boatloads of venture capital money to pull it off. But Tech Shop is a brilliant concept that's going to allow a lot of ordinary, everyday Americans unleash their inner creativity.